2: So I tune in on Sunday, hoping to see my Tampa Bay Bandits. And what happens? Wait, waiting not all playing. day,
0: waiting all Easter Day for Sunday night. Is that what you're waiting doing?
2: All, waiting all Easter Day for Sunday night, hiding the eggs. You know, waiting to sitting down in front with my with my colored eggs and watch a little little pro football, little Tampa Bay Bandit ball. First and ten, do it again. Bandit ball. That was the song back in the day. And it turns out they're not playing. They're they're going to play on. They're going to play tonight. They're going to play Monday night. Football, USFL football, Monday night, and that's because of weather. I guess there was a few big storms in Alabama. That's breaking news this time of year. Yeah,
0: it was supposed to be a triple header on Sunday. The first game was delayed. Mm-hmm. It was to push everything back, and they had more storms at night, so that pushed back the Sunday night finale of the the week. So we have Monday right. night football now. So instead of waiting mm-hmm. all day, now it's dun 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 dun. There you go.
2: Uh, I don't know who the announcers are, but I'll tell you what, man, I'm not doing anything, you know what I mean? You guys need me to, you need me to sit in. I got, so, I got nothing to do. I'll tell you what, man. No more USF um, basketball games to attend? <laughs> no, apparently not. Probably shouldn't be any for a long time, to be honest with you. Ooh, I know it wasn't good this year. Um, So, yeah, I didn't watch a lot of the USFL. I saw some NFL names that I know. Not thrilled with them necessarily. Most of them at quarterback. A few coaches as well. Jeff Fisher, did he win his opener? Or did he lose his opener?
0: I don't know, but they play 12 games, so he'll finish 5-7. and seven.
2: Yes, he will indeed. Da-dum-bum. Yeah, because he can't he can't finish 7-9, and nine, which is Jeff Fisher Day. July 9th and August 8th, those are the observed Jeff Fisher Days because those were always his records. But, um, look gray hair though. I saw a picture of Jeff. The uh, Grecian formula no longer applies. But, uh... Yeah, so I don't know. What'd you think? You you I caught I caught some highlights. I did not I did not sit and watch an entire game because it's just I'm not going to do that. Um, did you did did was it was it like minor league football? What did it look like to you?
0: I, I caught a few minutes on Sunday afternoon. I mean, it was it was exactly what we thought it would be. It's trying to run pro style offense with quarterbacks who aren't good enough to run pro style offenses.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I saw names like Paxton Lynch. Shea Patterson yeah, was the
0: number one draft, but he got benched.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when you get benched in your first game and the USFL. This is not a good development for you. I mean, you know, you've been waiting all this time, you get your spring league going, you get your USFL going, and then boom, you're out of the game. Uh, not a good not a good result. So we'll see how the how the Tampa Bay bandits fare, I no, guess. I understand
0: tonight. the Saturday night game. There were as many people, or right about the same amount, maybe even a little more than watch the NBA playoff game that night.
2: I heard three and a half million. Does that sound right? Uh, that's maybe about right. Now,
0: it was on mm-hmm. Fox and NBC.
2: That helps. So that
0: yeah. helps when it's two networks versus ABC for the M- NBA playoff game.
2: That's true. That's true.
0: So, in full context, you know, it wasn't one channel you were watching, it wasn't two of them. But, yeah. But, I mean, there's interest in it. And, you know, there's some cool things you could. You know they they you could listen to the conversations of the the coach to the quarterback, yeah. And the coach could be talking to the quarterback all the way up to the snap instead of cut off at fifteen instead seconds. Instead of
2: cut off, yeah.
0: You know there was there I mean there's some cool parts of it and things. Listen,
2: that's the best part about these spring <laughs> leagues is they can mm-hmm. try stuff that the NFL can then adopt or not adopt, but they they get to do it and and um, I like the the peek behind the curtain. I like that kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I do too. I, I think some of the innovations that. You know, even came out of the X, the original XFL, and then last, you know, mm-hmm. the the version from a couple of years ago, and 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 some of those leagues are are great for sports. Um, yeah, you know, I, I like a lot of those innovations and peek behind the curtains and things like that. So, I mean, there's there's good parts to it. I just the football was okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. about what I expected. So yeah, you know, not bad. I mean, if 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 you really want to, if you football just in the like spring, football, by yeah. all means, it's it's right. nothing wrong with it. Just you know it's not NFL football it's not going to be the same stuff you see on Sundays and as long as you mm-hmm. understand that going in it's fine
2: yeah. yeah they're going to need they're going to need some banner ball Go coach them up have some banner ball and some pitch and catch and all that but you're right without without some uh, some you know some mobile quarterbacks do some different things um i i think they they're going to lack star power you're going to see some recognizable names like i mentioned Paxton Lynch and guys that have been in the NFL trying to make it back there again one day but i don't know if that's going to sustain the league but they have a business model that they all play in birmingham so only birmingham has home games but birmingham has all home games <laughs> so uh it, it's it's kind of it's kind of funky that way um but yeah so we'll, we'll see how the bandits fare and we'll, we'll give them half a chance you know i i haven't made a prediction yet i'll have to think about it what my uh, season outlook is for that but uh,
0: but yeah yeah, do Football. we need to go game by game through the schedule and predict the uh... maybe?
2: I tell you, man, win, win, win. <laughs> I got him. Hey, win or lose with booze, baby. Man, twelve and zero. Win or lose there with booze, baby. That's right. Win or we lose with booze, baby. He could, now he'd be a guy to have on Monday night. The problem is when he did announcing, he could he could not. You needed a uh, you need a, a a beep guy. You need a good beep guy who guys use a. I'll tell you what, that quarterback, beep, you know, uh, you can just throw the beep, beep, beep ball down the field. Uh, did just, that was a little tough for, uh, for the old coacharians. All right. So, um, my weekend, uh, if I had to capture it, it would be, um, as you know, my, my, both my girls are, are crazy lightning fans and that is sort of an oxymoron. I mean, aren't they all right? So um, but the, well, since we've last talked, a, a couple things have happened. We went to the game Saturday night. You, of course, were there uh, doing your job. Your kids were there, which I didn't know. Thanks, thanks for cluing me in. I would have jumped on there and, and uh, said hello to the missus and the, and the children there. But um, I was on the glass. I was on the glass, Steve. Let me just say this. I have not watched a game on a glass in some time. And I'm talking front row, okay? There is something different about watching a hockey game down there. Mm-hmm. The sight lines aren't as good. Like We're kind of like uh, the seats we had were, uh, well, they were, they were near the face-off circle uh, in, at the side of the, uh, of the goal where the Lightning uh, shoot the most, the first mm-hmm. and third period. So w- what I will say is it's a different game down there. Yes, it's, it is. It's like, first of all, you feel the violence. When I say feel, when them dudes hit the wall, they f- it feels like the wall's coming through you, okay, because that is a, that is a, a hard impact, uh, and the glass moves, and everything moves, and you move uh, when you see the mountain of men hurling towards you. The other thing is, what was that thing that just whizzed by my head? Oh, that was the puck. <laughs> I mean, there are moments where it hits that glass, and had there not been glass there, of course, you would be dead. But more than that, you didn't see it coming at all. Like, all of a sudden it left a stick and it's right in your face how it would have been had you not been behind said glass. So an incredible appreciation for, um, you know, just the the, the violence of that game, uh, the speed, certainly. I think the speed is the biggest thing. Like, you realize just how quick those guys are on top of you or on top of each other whenever that puck is free. Like, you don't have it for very long. It's hot potato. You know what I mean? And how they can see guys and the vision that they play with, and then you realize they're all on skates, which is something that's crazy and foreign to me. Um, it really is a different game down there. The other thing was some big guys on that team, man. <laughs> like, uh, that's another thing I don't get it. You know, sitting up a little bit higher, you don't get into because they're all – there's a lot of big guys on the ice. But um, I'll tell you, this this new guy, uh, the, Paul?
0: Nick Paul, Yeah
2: guy's a big man yes i he mean is. he is he is he is substantial as they say in the business he he is uh he's a big dude man they got all they you know this so that's the size the speed um the violence all that you could feel um and uh it, it was a good it was a good week for them i mean end of the week i should say on thursday um that i was watching that game from home and i sat up uh, I think I was watching in my bedroom. I sat up in my bed when when Kucherov scores the goal to send it to overtime with what, some 16 seconds left, something was like 13, that. Yeah, that. Thirteen, yeah, thirteen between friends. What's three seconds, right? Yeah. So 13 seconds to go in that game. They're they're trailing. They're going to lose the game. They're going to lose three to two to Anaheim. And then he scores. And I mean, I said at the time, and I don't know that this will stick, or I don't know if anybody else is talking about this. And I said. That goal made by that guy, and Alex Glorn had an unbelievable game. had a bunch of goals called back and made the, the winning pass to win it in overtime. We can talk about this to Sorelli. But that goal might be the goal that people look back on. And when I say people, I mean people like me, sports writers and others, look back on and go, you know what? That was what was transformative right there. They've yeah. kind of been, you know, 500 or below since the Winter Classic, not really playing that well, losing to most of the good teams, beating a couple not-so-good teams. But to see Kucherov, the, who, when he's on, the best player, one of the best, if not, according to Stamp the best player in the NHL, make that goal at that moment and they come back and win that game. I don't know, Steve. Am I, am I overhyping this a little bit? I guess we'll have to see what they do the rest of the way. But man, that, that seemed like it was bigger than this that game.
0: Well, let's follow that up into Saturday night. Kucherov has what? Two goals, two assists. Yeah, um, huge night. You know, a four point night following yeah. that goal that sends it to overtime. Right. The, the game before. Right. You know, is he? It's funny because Kucherov takes a lot of grief.
2: And yeah, he does.
0: A lot of it is just his body language on the ice. And and yeah. I, I think at times it's warranted. But I believe he's played 40 games this year, mm-hmm. if I saw this stat right. And maybe it's 41 now. I don't remember if it was before or after Saturday night. He's played 40 games this year. 17 of them are multi-point games.
2: <laughs> not bad.
0: He's not having a bad season. No, no, uh, no, no He's had bad. some stretches where he struggled, and and sometimes he wears it on his sleeve, and 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 it's right to criticize those at times, but so much of that offense and creativity runs through him. And even though you say you know, and he missed a good chunk of the season, that's why he's only played forty games. He missed like the first thirty-five games. But seventeen multi-point games in forty games is pretty good for a guy that was coming off an injury.
2: Well, and there you go. Let let and, and I thought you know what Stampko said something in the post game that I we forget about and and mm-hmm. having been in this situation himself um, really resonated with me, and I thought it was important he said it. He goes, listen, this guy is coming off some serious injuries and has been dealing with stuff that we don't even talk about. You know what I mean? And some days you feel okay, and some days you don't. But regardless, he's out there, and you can tell now that perhaps he, meaning Kucherov, is starting to feel his game and feel a little better, and I would take that to mean physically, and with that comes your confidence, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. anything else, if you're, if you're coming off surgery, if you're coming off an injury, uh, and we're going to see this with Chris Godwin in football this year, I believe. I hope not, but we'll see. There is a mental. There are many mental hurdles to get over. They play a violent, violent game. And when you don't feel good, when you don't feel your, yourself, no athlete's going to perform because they, they don't have the confidence. Um, they don't have the same um, sort of confidence in their body and, and, and uh, because of the injuries and, and, and coming back. And you've got to work yourself into some of that. I think that was a great point made by Stamkos is that we all just kind of forget just because he's out there um, doesn't mean you know what he's dealing with. So
0: Well, sometimes we know. assume when a player's back they're
2: 100%. They're 100%, that's right. And they're not that's always right.
0: And no. and some of it's mental, some of it's physical. I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's not to say when he came back that he was you know what he was the year before, or a year before that. I mean, it's right, right. You know, sometimes these injuries take a long time. Um, they could
2: take a year, and then the next year they're back. You know what I'm saying? But they look more like themselves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just it can take that long because again, you don't know the the pain management, you don't know the physical toll, the mental toll that all this is taking on them. But boy. Um, What's really cool about what's happening with we, – we know that like, Kucherov is, is one of the most creative players in the NHL. I mean, he sets up guys, um, the passes he makes, the way he sees the, the whole ice. Uh, you've got to be ready all the time because he's going to find you even when you don't know that he's going to. But to see his shot go in, to see him score, that's the, that's the thing that lifts you in my opinion. That's, that's what's needed mm-hmm. on this team right now.
0: Well, and the one criticism he gets the most, and sometimes it's warranted, is he doesn't shoot enough. Yeah. And because he doesn't shoot enough, teams then cover Stamkos or point, or the, and they, they can almost back off him at times knowing he's just going to pass. Sure. And, you know, that's a hard thing for a guy like Kucherov who's so creative. Mm-hmm. And the offense runs through him. I mean, it's, you know, oh, no most power plays run through the point guy. Mm-hmm. The Lightning's runs through Kucherov on the wall. There's a Absolutely. few. There's a few players in the league. Patrick Kane's another one that can run it from the half wall, mm-hmm. that the offense can roll through them, and and he's so creative and sees the ice so different. I mean that give and go with Hedman.
2: Oh, it was beautiful
0: on on Saturday night. Was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooch finding Hedman and Hedman finding Cooch back, and I mean, Cooch had days to throw that puck in the net. I mean yeah. that that the the Jets had no clue where that puck was. No. I mean, it's on Kucha's stick, and he threw it in the net. But they had they weren't even reacting yet to it. It was that it was that good of a give and go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, when he's playing his game, when he's on, and when he shoots the puck a little more, it makes them so much more dangerous. And if if that goal Thursday night helps propel that and gets him to shoot more, and he put two goals in on Saturday, that's a good thing for the Lightning, and it's a bad thing for the rest of the NHL.
2: No, it's really a bad thing, and. You know the the game on <laughs> the game on Saturday. So full disclosure, if you've gone on on Twitter, you may have seen this because my youngest daughter Alex Alexandra um, is a Lightning fan, and of course, no surprise based on her name, her favorite player is uh, Alex Killorn. So she nothing doing, but I had to go early. I had to sit down there during the warm ups. You know, she wanted to make a sign, so she made a sign with Alex's name and number one fan. And then believe me, she is his number one fan. I don't, she picked Alex because she likes the name Alex, but he's a heck of a player and he's having a heck of a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's had a heck of a two games, by the way, he's been terrific. Cool. Um, so he, he is a, a fan favorite, of a lot of people, but certainly, uh, you know, my 10 year old daughter. So, um, you know, we're, we're there in and, and, um, before the game and we're doing, doing the whole thing. And, you know just just to see and that game looked like it was going the wrong way i mean the lightning are down 4 to 2 and i got to be honest with you i from my vantage point, and again i'm on i'm on the first row so what can i see through a maze of people right but it looked to me like a couple of those goals i mean part of me thought the moose was going to get taken out the way uh you know the the way cooper had had done with uh mm-hmm. um I thought that was going to happen to him. I don't. But then I went back and looked at it, and, and there was some he couldn't do anything about some of the, like some of those tips. Those are frustrating things, and yet I feel like the defense has to do a better job of getting those guys out of there. Like, what's supposed to happen when you have all those deflections?
0: Well, and that we can go back to that on Thursday night because Andre Vasilevsky was pulled, right. which is which is extremely rare.
2: First time in four years.
0: So the last time he was pulled from a game was the Eastern Conference Final against Washington. In 18. Right,
2: I was there, yeah. And he, well, was, pulled, he was pulled, pulled after the second road. period. The, mm-hmm.
0: I believe the last time he was pulled in a game, in the middle of a period, was 2017. Oof. Like, Cooper does not pull goalies. No. It's very rare for him to do that. hmm But it was a wake-up call to the team. Andre Vasilevsky had, couldn't have stopped any one of those three shots. No goalie right. was. All three right. were tips. Right. And But it was it was about the team. And mm-hmm. the way they're You're not going to protect him, Right.
2: You're not going to play better. We're not going right. to let this guy take it on the chin.
0: And a, a side bit of this is they'd like to rest Andre Vasileski more down the stretch. You're going to see Elliott play more. So, hey, the defense is going to play in front of him. Let's just rest him tonight, too. Mm-hmm. You know That's a side benefit to it. Now, I don't think Andre Vasileski was happy because I don't think he returned to the bench till the game ended. No, he didn't. <laughs> and and that's the way competitor Andre Vasilevsky is. And he's like, you know, in, in, in defense of him. What did I do to to warrant that?
2: In defense of him, it felt I'm just I know what Cooper said after the game, and coaches say that when they pull their goaltenders, especially their starters, as good as Vasilevsky. And I who am I to doubt John Cooper? It it felt like to me that that Cooper not that he lost confidence in him, but it felt like to me it was more about his goaltender. I know he says it wasn't, but I could see where Vasi, who was never pulled, rarely pulled, would take it that way. In other words, no one wants to skate off the ice in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. You want to fight and make every save you can. You want to be with your boys. I mean, mm-hmm. and when, when it almost never happens, it still felt like Elliot's been playing well. Cooper mm-hmm. has said he's been playing well. Mm-hmm. They've lauded him and said, well, we're going to play him probably four out of the next ten games anyway. And, and some of that sounded to me like, you know what? That guy's playing great. We're going to play him more. I, I know what Cooper's saying, and it's unfathomable to think that you would ever turn away because you're not going to turn away from Vasuski for Elliott. No. But but there was a little bit of, hmm, wonder if the coach has more confidence than the other guy right now.
0: I, I don't believe that at all.
2: Okay. I,
0: I don't. I, I it's Purely, this was, look, the team hasn't played well the last 15, 20 games.
2: No, they have not.
0: It's been up and down. They've had good mm-hmm. moments. They've done some things well. They've had some mental lapses. They've had some... Bad periods. Yeah. This was about – there's eight games left, nine games left, whatever it was at that point. Split them up. Yep. I'm, I'm going to – this is my opportunity to grab this team's attention and rest Vasilevsky for another period and a half to whatever it and was. Then, and
2: then he got the next game off, which was planned, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yes, yeah.
0: yes. That this was purely uh, – like I said, it purely was a wake-up call to the team. And it was about mm-hmm. – and, and Mikhail Sergachev on the radio on Thursday night – and. and told us and Jeff Halpern on Saturday mentioned, look, there's things you can do for tips. You know, you've got to box your guy out. You've got to control their sticks. You've got to get stick on stick. You got, you've got to prevent those. Yeah, You know, it's not – I mean, there's nothing the goalie can do once it's tipped.
2: Nope.
0: You know, they're going to this spot and it's, you know, a split yeah. second and it's all of a sudden under your pad instead of going up to the corner of the net. I mean, what are you going to sure. do? Right. But the defender's got to do – got to tie up that stick, not let you get there get that body move that defender out of the way so he can't tip it you know it's things like that that they that they were not doing you know they were there was a lot of standing around behind the guy but not really bodying him not really yeah. getting your stick on stick not tying up that stick so they can't get the stick up you know mm-hmm. and and pulling it had nothing to do with more confidence in elliot there's you have the best goalie in the world yeah your Who confidence you is sky high there? and and not one of those goals would Brian Elliott have stopped?
2: No. Not one. And not, and I can't imagine anything Vassi could do at this point when you consider who he is, what mm-hmm. he is, and the fact that he's riding uh back-to-back Stanley Cups where he played every minute mm-hmm. of every game including going back 2 years ago the five overtime game. You're not suddenly going to say he's not the best in the world cuz he is. The only way um, he
0: the only way he's not playing a second playoff game right? is he's hurt or there's an equipment Problem that problem yeah. takes too long to fix, and he's going to have to come out for a minute or two, and then come back in. I mean, that's the only way he's not playing. You know what? Every and of I, the
2: in his the in, in in speaking of that, what we never know what we don't know. We just talk about Kucherov, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know how vast he feels physically. We don't know what he's dealing with. If it, guys are dealing no. with something at this point in the year, everybody, including your goaltender, how do we not? How do we not? You know, assume or or consider at least, I should say, that. You know what? He needs some time. There might be something that isn't just quite right with his game right now or sure. with his body. And it's, it is it's been a hell of a long season and he might have something that's not quite right that that he needs time to to uh, recover mm-hmm. from and maybe that's you know maybe that's why he's you know none of them have been I mean we see what kind of saves he's capable of um but you know they haven't been winning consistently and and um I'm sure he'd like to play better. So we we don't know any of that, and resting him is, is obviously the smart thing to do if you're going to go in the playoffs, which they are now. They've well, if, you, spot. if you
0: remember last year, in the beginning of May, which was about a month before the season ended, they had a road trip to Detroit.
2: They didn't even it, take it him. It
0: was a it was a two game swing up there because you play yeah. back to back games or whatever. They didn't even yeah. take him on the trip. You didn't now, even
2: go on a plane. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean they did work in some rest for him now. Last year, they had expanded roster, and they didn't have the salary cap crunch. They cannot call up a third goalie. They have no salary cap room to do that. Yeah. So, you know, those kind of things can't happen. I mean, there were games last season where he was the third goalie and didn't dress. They completely kept him, not, not only that trip, but there was other games where if he hmm. wasn't starting, he was the third goalie. So he that if if, if, if you know, Curtis McElhaney or, you know, uh, whoever the backup goalie was got hurt, in the game, it wasn't Vazzy going in; it was the other guy. It was you know designed to get him some rest and get him. And last year was such a compressed schedule. Well, this is a really compressed schedule. The last two months of the season, a lot of games. So you know, Cooper already saying they were wanted to get Elliot maybe for the last ten. Saturday was probably going to be Elliot, no matter what. You know, so the bonus was Vazzy gets some extra time off because he was pulled on Thursday, and right. they ended up coming back and winning that game.
2: Right. And it came back, and they won again on Saturday. And it was quite an onslaught. They scored mm-hmm. five straight goals after trailing four to two midway through the second, tied it up before the third. Um, goals by Stamkos, Nik- you know, Kucherov, as you mentioned, Mikhail Surve- um Nick Paul, who's been tremendous. Nick Paul is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, he's they they could not have sung his praises more in the post game show, which I know you produce and listen yeah. to. Um, and then Alex but, Kalorn,
0: as we talked about. I mean. Scores a goal on Thursday, but had two goals called back.
2: That was incredible. Offsides. Almost three in a row because he, he scored a goal uh, early in that game on Saturday. And again, Alex Kalorn, my, my daughter Alex, mm-hmm. big, big fan. He scores the goal, and um, right away uh, they're going to the bench and they're saying, well, we might want to look at that. And I'm going, this can't be happening. Could he have three <laughs> straight goals Well, taken away from the guy?
0: Uh, Dave and Phil interviewed him in the first intermission.
2: Oh, did they? And okay. he
0: said a coach on the bench told him it was a high stick. <laughs> he was anticipating it was going to get called back.
2: Well, I did too when I when I heard that it was. I, 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 I said to my my Alex, I said I I think that he hit it with a high stick, and trying to explain what that is. But that's one of those it has to be really obvious, right? Where mm-hmm. where your your stick is, it you know, the contact is above the net and all that. So anyway, they let that go. That he did get the credit for that. Um, of course, on um, the previous game, I mean, the play he makes in overtime, even after they took away the goal, um, just a terrific pass mm-hmm. um, for the game winner in overtime. So he's he's been playing large. They've all been playing really well, and that's what you want. You want your big guys to show up, but you're right. Paul has been a great addition. Um, you mentioned the violence. Eric Chernock had 10 hits on Saturday. He They hit everything. That, that's the other part of this game, and, 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 and Cooper talked about it, and, and it was obvious the turning point they started to push back and i was surprised the jets took some liberties uh on mm-hmm. some guys mm-hmm. you know and when they did the lightning responded and that's the way they played the playoffs a little bit and when they got to the third period that's the team that you could never come back on they choked the living you know what out of the out of the winnipeg jets in the third period i don't even think they had it in their zone for more than a couple of minutes the entire third so that, that was interesting to see. And Cooper thinks that the physicality helped bring them back, helped, helped them find their game again. It,
0: it, if, you go, if you've watched the Lightning for years past, it, it, particularly the last few years, there's the knock on the Lightning that they're soft, they're just a finesse shooting team. And True. it goes back to really the 18-19 season where yep. they set the records. Yep. If you've watched them the last two years, and now this year too, when the games get physical, they get engaged, and they're a more physical team than they they get credit for. Oh yeah, they people are. that don't watch them every day that they just got think size they just think they got, it's Stamkos yeah. and Kucher off in no. point, and they're just zipping the puck around and, mm. and and you know playing keep away with it. When they when when the game gets physical, it usually ramps up their play, and Corey Perry dragged them into that with that fight. Yeah,
2: he did, <laughs> and they responded, and it, yeah, it turned did.
0: the game. It turned their engagement in the game and they rattled off five straight goals to end it and and suffocated the Jets down the stretch absolutely
2: yeah Yeah, it was impressive so great weekend for the light Not so great weekend or not so great a start for the Tampa Bay Rays. They did manage to salvage a, uh, a win if you will on Sunday against the Chicago white Sox. They had lost four in a row before they snapped that streak, not to panic yet. Neil Solons will remind you of this. The Rays did not start out that great a year ago. This team is now five and five, which is all of one game out of first place in the American league East, where it seems like everybody is five and five or thereabouts. And, um, so, yes, it's, it is early. But what you don't like, Steve, is the way they've gotten here. And, you know, I, I guess on Sunday uh, it was a cleaner game in some senses. I mean, they obviously, you know, combined, what, five pitchers only gave up three hits, so you'll mm-hmm. take that any day. Um, but the, the the problems have been very unray-like. And this goes back to the, even the game I covered last Thursday Pitching and defense is their, I mean, that's their mm-hmm. signature, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the funny thing is, not funny, but haha, but ironic, is that now they have genuine mm-hmm. or should have genuine players, uh, you know, position players that are budding superstars. Guys like a Rosa Wonder Franco, um, you know, uh, uh, L- uh, Lau, um, Lowe. I mean, all those guys, right, are good players. So, you go through the lineup and you say, well, these guys are young. They're, they're, they're ascending. They're, they're good hitters. Um, they haven't hit very well. But the pitching and defense has been the staple, and it has been atrocious along with something that they've had lapses to before, but this has started out this way. The base running on this team, the number of outs they run themselves into in close games or in any game, you can't give a team like the White Sox, who are probably going to win that division, it's a very good team. You cannot give away outs, and you can't give them extra outs. And that's what the Rays did pretty much, um, you know, well, pretty much the series before against the A's, and it carried over into the Chicago series where, um, you know, you're, you're just making dumb mistakes. The one that stood out. So they battled back, um, I guess it was on Saturday, and they're down by a run and Kevin Kiermaier is at second base, and this is in the ninth inning. And there's a ball hit back to the mound, and he breaks for third, and he's out by six feet. Uh, it's an easy play. And and the thing that – I'll say this about KK because it's true. For a guy who has as much talent, and you don't play as many years as he has and get paid $11 million a year without it. And he's come from a 10th-round pick. He's a blood and guts type, type of guy, wears everything on his sleeve, gives it all he's got all the time. He's 100 miles an hour. He'll run into walls, he'll do whatever he can. He plays that way, plays hard, pays a price for it with his body, gets hurt a lot, whatever. But that's who he is, and you give him all the credit in the world for the career he's had. But for a guy with that much skill and and effort, and I mean, he's a huge effort guy every day, I'm hustling, hustle and hustling. Yeah, he hustles. Has the fewest baseball instincts I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I don't know where he learned the game, or it's like every day is his first day, I, especially on the bases, because it's never made sense to me how badly he runs the bases at times. It, it just, from the time they allowed you to take leadoffs, right, when you go, oh, he can lead off? That's like at age 12, after you pass the Little League era and you go to the bigger field, you know, the big field, the 90-foot bases or, so, or thereabouts, they say, okay, now you can lead off. From that day on, everybody is taught, or at least in my day, and I want to sound like an old-timer here, but if you're at second base with less than two out, okay, and the ball is hit up the middle, it what? Must pass the pitcher's mound, okay? Because if the pitcher knocks it down, if he gets a shoe on it, whatever, you could get thrown out at the base you're advancing to. So it is not – you're already in scoring position if you're at second. That's the key, right? Right. Less than two out. If it's two outs, you're running on contact. Less than two out, you're in scoring position. You want to give your hitters a chance to drive you in. The last thing, moving up 90 feet doesn't usually do a whole lot, you know, Uh, especially if you're going to be standing at third with two outs, maybe a wild pitch scores you. But for the most part, whether you're at second or third, that's not the issue. The issue is let's not make outs here on the bases unnecessarily. And when the ball does not get past the pitcher, you have got to stay at second. He breaks for third. It's an easy play. And that's what I mean. Like, there's no instinct. There's no governor here. I don't understand it. Um, but, man, they've, they've been bad on the bases. They've been uh, bad in the field. They've made some amazing plays, too. I mean, they've had a couple of home runs robbed, including Brett Phillips, I guess. And Josh Lowe uh, today did that. Josh Lowe did it. Yeah, unbelievable catches that they brought back home runs against the White Sox. But for the most part, um, not the kind of raised baseball, and they've gotten mm-hmm. what they deserve. They're five and five, and they and they have not played yeah. good yet. I'll agree with most of that. Um, <laughs>
0: no, well, all of it. <laughs> and, and, and here's and and here's the thing, and I don't, I haven't looked around the league, so I, I, I may be speaking out of turn. Right. We've had a shortened spring training. Yeah. Is no, that affecting true. the pitching and the defense, and which it's is what the Rays point. are built on? And I, and I don't know if errors in those miscues are up around the league. I, I I don't know. I know that for the Rays, they're higher than they normally are.
2: Well, because we expect so much, mm-hmm. perhaps. I mean, you know, they're just you know, so good.
0: Satu- Saturday, you know, the Rays tie the game up, and then Taylor Walls, who's supposed to be your best fielder in the organization, period, kicks it, boots know. it. And, and, and You know, and it was a routine play. Yep. And, you know, that happens occasionally. Now, I'm not blaming spring training for it, but you know, one of the things of this season is pitchers are pitching, you know, less at first. They're not building. up. Innings. Yep. Fewer innings. Fewer and, innings. And the fielders had less reps in spring training, too, to get ready. Now, maybe maybe it's just the Rays are having a bad, you know, first week or two on the field and everybody else is playing better. I, I, I haven't looked around to know. But it is something to consider. I, I will say, you mentioned they're not hitting well. If you actually look at the stats in baseball, they're in, what, batting average? They're top ten? as a team believe it or not uh um, hard to believe OP, hard ops to believe. and i looked at ops and on base percentage they're like 13 14 which is about half about midway mm-hmm. not great but not not as bad as you think it is um there's a couple i mean g man Choi is on fire yes he's got he what is. 10 hits and nine walks I mean, on base percentage is over 600
2: it's stupid yeah
0: uh wander front mark manuel margot is playing really well right now he is um, Franco, of course. Rosarina's struggling a little bit. He um, is. Got, Brendan got tossed. Brendan Lau's got a bad average, but three homers already. Yep. Um, Zanino's not hitting well at this point. What, one for Mm-mm. 18?
2: Oof. Yep, yep. Uh,
0: but it's one week or week and a half. They're five and five. And you can't you can't imagine that the defensive miscues are going to continue with this team it's not the way they're built. I mean, you just look at those players and the type of players they are on the field. You just don't think that's going to continue.
2: Well, and that's that you said it right there. I mean, these these are not this is not like a mystery here. They we've seen these guys mm-hmm. with high fielding percentages. These are not these are not guys incapable of playing good defense. That's why they play here. They they do play good defense and that's what they're known for. And so it, it whether you you know, laps, maybe it's spring training, maybe it's reps Um, maybe it was because it was 30 degrees in Chicago. That could be it too. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I was say, I was telling my friend this and look again, I played baseball for a little while, right? I'm I'm not on the major league level by any means, but when I went to Arkansas state back in my day, so I'm a Florida kid. And what do I know about the cold? Right? I figure Arkansas is in the South. Mm, It's more like Missouri, uh, in uh, Northern Tennessee. Um, So we didn't get outside until the season began, and it began in Texas, not in Arkansas, because it was too cold. Okay, so we had to get on a bus and drive our butts all the way down to Edinburgh, which is in the tip of of Texas, to play at Pan American University, a tournament there to start the year. So we were inside and we're hitting inside, you know, cages, whatever, all day. Right? You there's something when you go outside for the first time as a baseball player. And you see that big field, and you see this the, the expanse. And I know they played at TROP and all that. They played games. I get it. There's just something different, man. <laughs> it's different. And you know what's different? What's different is when you come from Florida in the climate-controlled 75-degree dome, and it's about 90 outside, and Chicago this week? Oh, my. I've got... I've got plenty of relatives up there. I think it was in the 30s when that mm-hmm. game started on Sunday. It was 41, wind,
0: I think, and by you know early it was 38, 39, yeah.
2: 38, 39, and the wind. Which you don't, you know, when you see Chicago fans bundled up, look, Chicago people are pretty hardy, you know. <laughs> I mean, if it's 50 degrees, they're taking their shirt off. When you see them with winter coats and hoods and their, and their and blankets, folks, it's cold. It's really cold. My son
0: is mean, a Florida boy and is always cold. So, I mean, he'll wear a sweatshirt when it's 95 degrees outside. My man. He looks at the TV and goes, why are they wearing coats? Talking about the fans. He <laughs> goes, they should be used to that.
2: <laughs> nah, that's right. Yeah. That's right, you Chicago idiots. What are you doing? No, I agree. Um, yeah, it's, it. it was cold, man. And they were outside for the first time. The other thing is. And I don't they didn't drop any fly balls. The other element that you hate, I'd rather play in anything but wind. Oh, yeah. Wind sucks when you play baseball. Let me tell you. And the further you are away from the batter, the worse it is. Um, but when that ball goes up and it's a major league pop up, I can't imagine how they get under it. I can't. Because it, it sucks and it blows and it, you know, I know they watered the a field, it's not as bad as when I was playing, you know, college or legion ball or whatever, but it's still, it's an element that you just hate. You hate it. And um, and it's been windy up there. So, look, they're, they're, I can come up with a million other excuses. I think it's going to have a little bit of warming trend when they go to Wrigley. And that's a good thing, too. Like, now, okay, they're in Chicago. It's cold every night. It's cold every day. But at least they've been there for three days. They're going to be there for three more. And they're going to go to the north side of the town and play the Cubs. Um, so, you know, um, they, they've kind of made the adjustment. But there's a lot of things going on. Spring training, like you said, being abbreviated. The pitching is a mess. It's an absolute mess. Can we agree that their pitching is a mess right now because of the guys not being stretched out and well, you, know, and you
0: got the injuries to you know Yarbrough missing a start. Yeah, and, uh, Shane Boz now who we hoped was going to be back in May is on the he's sixty on the day 60 to say sixty day. Yeah. So now it's June at least till he's back. Um, yeah, I mean they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Maza looked like he hurt his foot today. Uh, from, yeah, when he was covering first. First, on but that. he came back out and pitched. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, I mean, the injuries are mounting on the pitching staff, which is not good.
2: Yeah. Shane McClanahan will go today in the series opener against the Cubs. Josh Fleming, uh, whether he's starting or the bulk guy, will be on Tuesday. And then it looks like uh, Rasmussen is going to go on Wednesday. Um, so they'll get the extra rest before their next turn uh, because uh, I guess – this is weird. They've started the season 13 games in 13 days. That's yeah. never happened before.
0: Yeah, and well, it's, and of course, you know, the first week was postponed, so they did have That's an right. off day in that first week. That's right. they didn't have the first week, so. That's right. You know, so they missed their uh, off day? I think uh, the A's who the Rays played in the first, started with 17 straight games or, a start, you know, 17 yeah. straight days of games. I mean, there's a lot of teams going through that because – of, you know, that first week being taken away where there was an off day or two built in for a lot of them.
2: Yeah, still waiting on uh, Yarborough. He's done some stuff, I guess. He hasn't had a setback, but he still hasn't thrown off the mound yet. So Cash said it was possible that he could uh, start during the nine-game home stand that starts on Friday. The one thing that's been lacking for
0: the Rays is home runs as far as hitting, and that's maybe why that's you true. think it's, you know, they've got seven in their first mm-hmm. ten games. Yeah. It's um, yeah, not like them. Twenty like first in the in baseball. I mean, tied mm-hmm. with a few teams there, but and then yeah. that's where maybe you're, you're. You've it feels like they're not hitting well because they're you know, they're you know Rosarina doesn't have a home run yet. Zanino doesn't have a home run yet. Right. Um, right. You know, I mean, Lao's got three of the seven, so that tells you right there.
2: Yeah, they're not hitting the ball a long way. They're they're getting hits, but they're not they're not driving and driving it far. And um again, that's that's more of the timing. You know, that's that's what we talked about with. uh I mean, some guys, they were talking to Brandon Lau the other day, and they go, you feel like, you know, maybe you not have spring training every year. You got three home runs already. He goes, eh, uh, yeah, I don't think most people would think that. You know, like, mm-hmm. you need the at-bats. You know, like, and we didn't get them all, but, you know, so what? You know, we're we're playing, and and, and there's no use crying over it. But they're used to more at-bats before they start the season. And, you know, so you know, we'll see. But, uh, like I said, they're one game out of out of first place. And they haven't played well at all, except for maybe the first series. By the way, it doesn't matter what Baltimore and, and you know, the Rays have beaten them, what, 25 out of 26 or something like that right 25 now? 25 out of 27. Yep. Uh, 27. The Yankees can't beat the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. It's the funniest thing. And it's not so funny for them because when they get to the end of the year, if they go 500 with the Rays and everybody else, this, the, the Rays dominance of Baltimore is what won them the American League last year. It's going to do it again. American League East. It's, it's crazy. So it was a tweet by Bob Nightingale.
0: Says you realize that since September first of twenty twenty one, the Red Sox, Rays, and Blue Jays have clobbered the Orioles fifty three and fifteen. The Yankees are sixteen and thirteen. God. Now to get more specific, the Red Sox are fifteen and seven, the Blue Jays are thirteen and six, and the Rays are twenty five and two, Mm. and the Yankees are sixteen and thirteen against them.
2: Crazy. I mean, that's That's a difference in
0: winning a division.
2: You can't explain it. It just happens in baseball. I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't explain it. You know, matchups happen. Um, psychologically, it starts to wear. in you know, while again going back to my own experience, that yeah. there were teams in college that won the division, won the conference, right? That mm-hmm. no one could beat. We would hammer them. Texas Arlington was one. Like, you can't explain. it. It's like they come in. It's a four game sweep. There's just certain things, but it's got it. It it wears on the Yankee fans like crazy. I was reading some stuff over the over the weekend when they were playing them, uh, or last week, and um, they shut them down. The weird thing is they shut down their offense. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the Yankees don't score against the the Orioles, which is really something. The Rays but, have
0: always had those teams. Like mm-hmm. you know, years ago it was the Royals that could never win.
2: Oh yeah, remember how many games and they lost out there?
0: The Mariners are one now that it just seems like they, you know, the A's yeah. they struggle with, and and but they're not in the division, right? When right, it's in right. your division, that especially when you're playing 19 games against your division foes. Oh yeah, when you you can't beat a division foe and they've got your number, a, a bad team like that. That yeah. just that just that kills you in the standings
2: because everybody else is fattening yeah. up on them. You'll you know you'll go into a series and they'll split with you or maybe you beat them mm. you know three out of four and then and then the next series they hammer the Orioles four straight and then when you play them you split or worse you know and it, and it just yeah it's got it's got to be getting under their on their nerves. I know it's getting on Yankee fans' nerves, but it's interesting. Before we get out, just want to send the healing vibes to uh, Buck Martinez, longtime of course. Toronto Blue Jay, Toronto Blue Jay announcer as well. It's been in this area for a long time, lives in Pinellas, I think. Um, it was announced that uh, he's battling cancer, uh, so we want to uh, wish him the best, obviously. And congratulations to Dickie V. It's awesome, baby. He got to ring the bell. Uh, our Joey Knight was there. He wrote a story about it. Uh, all the all the, the trials that he went through, I feel like I've, I've been through this with this man, the suffering and um, just his ability to share uh, every experience that that he 's undergone, and of course no one has done more uh, to help uh, kids with pediatric cancer and the Dicky v found uh, Jimmy v foundation and all of that um, so uh, just so happy, so so happy for him and his wife Lorraine that he is uh, he he got to ring the bell and he is, he is, uh had his last round of chemo I believe, and um, everything looks great so um, just really happy about that it 's going to be a special gala this year let me tell you that 's coming up usually. Usually around my birthday or in May sometime, um, so I can't imagine uh, just how euphoric that will be. So, congratulations to him. Uh, I mentioned that Jason Light's going to be talking with the Bucks about the draft. Um, we'll be over there on Tuesday at some point in the afternoon. So check out that on TampaBay.com. I'm going we'll to give you a We're preview. What, ten of days Jason. away from the draft. We're ten days away. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I got to figure out who they're going to take. They got 27th well,
0: pick? I got I to got no. know. Let's see. Jason's speaking on Tuesday. So I'm sure he'll say, well, we could trade up in the draft. We could trade back. Or maybe we'll just take our pick.
2: You've just summed up my entire story. Uh-huh. I, I will start. We could trade up. Or we could stay wherever we are. Or we could trade down. we could do one of those three things. Yes, you could. Typically, they move up a lot. But they didn't move up last year at 32. So what would they do at 27? Eh, I don't know.
0: They've moved down I really before. I mean, Vita Vea, they moved down when they got They him. have
2: moved down, yeah. They moved down with, uh, I want to say, O.J. Howard Mm if I'm not mistaken that didn't work out so well maybe moving up is better maybe that's the way to go well they moved down and
0: could have got Dalvin Cook but
2: that's another story Um, yeah so anyway Jason Light will be available Uh, also obviously if you got any mailbag questions we do this at least a couple we'll try to knock off a few uh, every day or maybe just devote one day to it this week we'll see Um, but you can send those to us on Twitter at sportsdaytb at SportsDayTV. TV. You can send it to me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow for Steve Burst and Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.